our energy is going to transfer into the team. Just as it is at home, like our energy as a parent transfers to our children. Our energy as a leader transfers to our teams. Welcome to the Veterinary Leadership Success Podcast, the show for veterinary practice owners and managers who are eager to become the leaders their teams deserve. I'm your host, veterinarian and leadership expert, Dr. Dave Nicholl, and each week I'll be diving into important topics from the world of veterinary team leadership. In these short, sharp and punchy episodes, I'll share my insights, experiences and practical tips to help you navigate the challenges of leadership in the veterinary profession. Whether it's head in the clouds vision casting or in the trenches leading for performance, we will cover it all. As an owner myself, I understand the unique dynamics and demands of running a successful veterinary practice. And I'm passionate about empowering you to create a workplace where people and pets can thrive. So if you're ready for your weekly leadership fix, let's dive in to this week's show. Hey leaders, welcome to another episode of the Veterinary Leadership Success Show with me, Dr. Dave Nichol. Now in today's show, I want to talk about energy. Energy is so, so important to leaders. It isn't one of the things we would describe as a core skill set, but as the leader, your energy is going to have such a massive impact on the rest of the team, the people around you, your family, and most importantly, how you're feeling yourself. And one of the things I've noticed in the last month is like my energy, I've become quite depleted in the last month. And I've noticed in a lot of the clients that I work with and a lot of teammates that they also, there seems to be a pattern of depletion happening. Now it's different in each person. Every time, every person I've spoken to, in a completely different set of circumstances. And I'm not going to share anything that any of my clients are depleted about. But I'll share what I'm, I've been a bit depleted about. So, you know, December, really exciting month. Christmas is coming and New Year. And then you get into January. And there's often not a lot to look forward to in January. You know, you just, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, you're kind of gutting it out through winter. And particularly in Britain and particularly this year, it's just been raining and windy and stormy and pretty horrible. So not even nice, crisp, clear days to kind of enjoy or few and far between. And certainly for me, I then had VMX to go speak at and the month leading up to that was all through December and the last two, you know, the first two weeks of January. Really kind of intense and for me, my pattern is procrastination when I've got a big thing to do. The bigger, the uglier, the more important the thing, the more my procrastination monkey jumps around in my head and wants me to not not do the thing and so you know that's just my pattern that's the way things are for me and so it gets really intense and then I I kind of pop through the procrastination thing into full intense work mode where I'm undistractable and just get it done and I can now progress really well and as I get more competent at something my procrastination monkey unfortunately pushes me closer to the limit because my procrastination monkey is a sadist. And so for me, that looks like I know my monkey knows sort of instinctively how much time I actually need. So my logical brain is saying, do the work, do the work, do the work, do the work a little bit now, a little bit now. My procrastinating monkey brain, my chimp brain is going, meh, no, that's not important. Don't listen to that clown. He doesn't really care. He doesn't really know. He doesn't know you. That's boring. You're good. 
go make a cup of tea, or oh, go read that book, or oh, cool, play this video game, or oh, there's another episode of that thing to watch, or oh, there's some more running or training or another thing you could buy, or any one of the ways that I could find my way to distract myself. And then I'll get to work and I'll do the work. But it's really intense doing it that way because then the last two weeks is really intense. So I basically find myself delaying, feeling guilty and a bit shameful for the build-up period and then really intensely working and thank goodness then I feel good about that. And then I get to the day and everything's fine. And it just validates for my procrastination monkey that it was right. So that leads me to feel pretty tired after the event and then straight after VMX then there was SPIVS Congress up in Birmingham in the UK. So there's a transatlantic flights and jet lag rolled into all of that and all the while training pretty intensely for triathlon on top so felt pretty tired after all of that and that's without any of the non-work stuff you know the life stuff the being a dad and family and friends and all of that stuff so you know a bit depleted and I noticed in a lot of my clients for different reasons everyone has their own different reasons but in well over half of my clients there's been low energy moments where they just feel, you, know, you can just see whew, the sigh, the feeling a bit down in the dumps. And I think there's something really important to notice about that for leaders is that our energy is going to transfer into the team. Just as it is at home, like our energy as a parent transfers to our children. Our energy as a leader transfers to our teams. And it works in reverse as well. The energy of the team transfers to the leader. Like if the team energy is poor, then the leader, you know, that can be influenced and affected by that. That's how human emotions and energy works in in communities. So as leaders, I think it's really important to be aware of where our energy is at and to then to do something about that. Because I'm not saying that we need to be high energy all of the time. That's, uh, that may not be you. That may not be the thing that, that you bring to the leadership table. But you've got to have an energy that is consistent and that works for you and the team. And you need, energy is also a resource. You know, you need energy to want to get stuff done. Otherwise, you just end up feeling knackered, exhausted, and you you put things aside or you break. When I say energy, I'm not talking necessarily about bouncing off the walls, super high energy. I'm just talking about the regular energy you need to feel like you can show up and be the leader your team needs you to be. And that looks different for everyone. So you know what your energy is like. And it may be different to my energy. But knowing where your balance is is really important, where your good, your sweet spot is, okay? So there's a few things you can do if you're feeling in a low energy place right now. And, and let's call this, you know, the kind of the January blues, the winter blues. But it doesn't have to just be winter. You could have been through some really intense period of life where you're just coming out the other side. Divorce. Get married and come back off your honeymoon. You like, that's great, but you can, you can also, it's, it can feel like a downer after that moment because the big event happened. Death of a, a family member or a friend, a really big period in business growth, a new change in life. Any of these things which start demanding more of your central processor usage over time can leave you feeling a bit depleted. Illness, sickness, injury, all of these things. Okay, so there's a few things. I've got kind of five things that I would suggest are useful ways or things to take account of when you feel in any kind of low energy state. So the first thing is, it's about noticing, it's about self-awareness. There's always a component of self-awareness when it comes to leadership. So notice what's going on. And I think over my career, one of the things that I came to notice was that there's a, a cyclical nature 
to energy. Not so much an ebb and a flow, but more of a sigmoid wave. So there's a high and you know there's a peak and there's a trough. And I noticed that in my veterinary career, and I noticed the same thing in my leadership career, that there's highs and there's lows of energy. And so the first thing is just being aware of that and knowing that there is this cyclical nature. So is that when you feel low, for me anyway, I know that I'm not always going to feel in a low energy state. And that there are times where it is very natural for me to be in a low energy state. And winter, when the nights are long and the, the days are short, it's very natural for humans to be in quite a low energy state. You know, when we were cave dwellers, there wasn't a lot of food around, you know, not using a lot of energy was a survival strategy in those moments. So it has been postulated that depression actually is part of a prehistoric survival strategy so that people did sleep in caves and didn't want to get out of their beds. And that's why we're so light sensitive as well. You know, that's why our retinas, our retinas are extensions of our brains. They're not just parts of the eye. They're not just nervous tissue. They're considered an extension of the brain because the light hitting that, that photoreceptor at the back of our eyeball is stimulating directly parts of, well, it is a part of the brain. So it has a very, very important impact on us. And noticing and knowing that there are times of the year where you're going to be slightly lower energy than other times of the year. And that's kind of okay. So then you can calibrate what your energy level is like at this time of year. So you're not like trying to hold yourself accountable to a high energy level. For summertime, you might have that just isn't realistic. It's just about knowing that it will change as the seasons progress. Okay, so there's a there's kind of like an overarching cycle there, if you like. And then there's the smaller cycles of which are very context dependent. What's going on in your life that's leading to high and low energy states within that sort of flux. So imagine a sigmoid curve where there's the usual sort of cycle of seasonality in terms of highs and lows and energy levels, but it's not a straight line. It's a wibbly wobbly line that's following around there, like an erratic ECG, where sometimes emotionally you'll feel really good because somebody's done something well, or a client has been appreciative, or like a, a teammate sent you a text that appreciated you and what you were doing as a practice owner, and your energy is high. And then other things will happen, like suddenly you'll have a higher tax bill you're expecting, or you will have a teammate who is valued leave, or there's some conflict in work, and suddenly you'll go to alert stage, your energy can be quite high, but you can then become a bit depleted after that if it's an ongoing chronic thing. So it's noticing that wibbly wobbly wave on the greater cycle and just being aware the cycle is there, okay? So self-awareness I think is important. Now, are people the major pain point in your practice? If so, you're not alone. Over 90% of managers report staff problems to be their number one issue. At the root of this problem are usually three dysfunctions. A poorly articulated vision, toxic culture, or some form of leadership breakdown. If this sounds familiar, then do not despair. Help is at hand. I encourage you to check out Leaders, a veterinary-specific leadership training program where you will learn how to create and execute on a shared vision how to hire well and build a powerful, high-performance practice culture without all the drama. The class is accredited, delivered online and open for applications now. To learn more, listen to a free training webinar or apply, visit drdavenickel.com forward slash leaders. Now back to the show.
Now, if you are getting depleted, and that is meaning there's more chronic, more either, not always negative things. I'm pretty depleted, or I'm less so now. I'm on the way up the curve now. But I was more depleted, and all of the things I would describe were pretty positive things. So, you know, training I consider to be very positive. Going to VMX was an amazing event, and I really enjoyed it. Same with Spivs. So these were great. I enjoy traveling and meeting friends and meeting new people. And I did a ton of that. So none of those things I would consider negative, but they depleted me and left me feeling a little low energy. So it's sort of being aware of what the cause is. And do I have to take action? Now, if I'm just being depleted because I'm using up a lot of my energy reserve on things I want to be doing, then the answer at that point is I don't really need to take direct action to change anything other than recognize and load balance. And that means rest. Okay, and in triathlon, it's it's actually a really useful analogy in triathlon. You have a rest day every week when you're training and the rest day is where actually you're improving your athletic performance when you're in your bed or you're laying down. And in triathlon, there's a phrase that says, do not stand if you can lean. Do not lean if you can sit. Do not sit if you can lay down and do not be awake if you can be asleep. Because each state is a better restful state than the one above it. And when you're recovering, and the more you get to know about exercise, the more important you understand that recovery is actually the thing that improves athletic performance. Training causes injurious insult to the body. Hopefully at a low level, rest and recovery allows adaptation and response to the training. And so training without rest is actually really bad and leads to overtraining and and depletion and damage. Uh, Rest is where a lot of the gains are made. When you're doing something and you're just doing too much of it, make sure you're resting. And that can come in the form of taking a day off a week. It can take the form of putting down what you're doing, like Eric Garcia does his digital detoxes, which I think that's a form of rest. Taking some vacation, holiday, that's a form of rest. But not waiting for six months till you need that break, but making sure there is a, a clean break from something that gives you time to replenish each week as you're sort of progressing, or even each day. And that's where mindfulness, that's where spending time with friends and family, that's where just getting in a dark room and switching out the lights and resting or curling up with your favorite book on a couch and escaping. All of those things are rest, okay? Going out and running hard isn't rest, right? It may be something that's very good for your mental well-being, and I certainly use that as a counterbalance to stress, but it is not rest. It's stressful on your body physically, and it's fatiguing. So do bear that in mind. All right, so 80-20, if the cause isn't something that's enjoyable and part of your work, it's something that is not enjoyable, and it's shown up as part of your work, but it's not normal, i.e. some adverse event has occurred. It's a relationship issue. Something's gone wrong in the practice. There's now a beast of some kind, a challenge to overcome. Then you've got to take action on that challenge and not run away from that challenge. And that may be conflict, interpersonal conflict, speed wobbles, speed bumps in the road of the growth of your business, unexpected negative impacts, you know, tax investigations, allegations, grievances that show up in the workplace. These things are all incredibly debilitating, stressful things because there's a lot of uncertainty about them and they divert resources away from our already busy days. Okay, so 
you need to get help, take action on that, and don't just let them fester away. And as you're going through, and I think this is important, is just to take stock of, if you find that there's an awful lot of negative, unpredictable, chaotic stress happening in your day-to-day, then there's a good chance that there is a systems or a some kind of leadership or way that you're doing things issue that needs to be addressed. And that's where critical thinking, that's where strategic planning comes in, to look at what is causing you to be held back or what are the big opportunities that you could really launch into if that would make a difference in your life and your work. And it's identifying what the root cause of most of those issues is and then tackling that issue. And that's where the 80-20 rule can really be your best friend as a leader. Tackle the thing that's causing all the drama. Great example, toxic teammate. One person can wreck a culture. You address that issue with that person either by coaching them up or coaching them out and the culture changes overnight and suddenly everyone breathes a sigh of relief and 80% of the drama goes away. That's the sort of impact it can have. If your revenue is not very good and you bring in somebody who's a high producer, your revenue issue can change overnight. That's the impact that 80-20 can have, but you've got to be able to identify the cause. So I think that's an important thing to look at as well. So it's taking action. And then finally, as you're going along, what I find, and again, I'm thinking of triathlon as an analogous thing for leadership here, but what I find in my training, particularly as I'm going through winter, is when I find myself grinding away and I'm like, gosh, this is really, really hard. I don't want to be outside. The weather sucks. I'm tired. It's dark in the morning. Do I really want to run in those frozen streets or do I want to go out in the cold and driving wind and rain on my bike and get hit by a car? Then what I decided to do was formulate other strategies. Okay, so how do I solve the problem? Get an indoor trainer so I don't have to go out on the road. And then suddenly it's a lot more fun. Get a Zwift subscription and suddenly it's not boring anymore. Okay, so there's strategies to change the situation really, really positively. And also taking a break over winter so that I'm fresh and ready to hit training again. A lot of sports teams do that, winter breaks. And then finally, deriving inspiration from somewhere. And this is what I really like about YouTube videos and vloggers in certain disciplines who you can follow and listen to and be inspired by the work that they're doing and their energy. Because their energy, remember energy is infectious. Somebody's enthusiasm for somebody, someone's attacking of something, somebody's ideas and tricks or strategies around doing things can be inspiring to you and give you fresh energy. And that, I think, is why... I hope watching videos like this, listening to podcasts like this are actually useful for you. So recapping that, energy matters a lot as a leader. It matters to you so you can keep going and feel like you want to keep going. It matters to your team because they're drawing their lead from you and energy is uh, contagious in a sense, in the same way that emotions are, okay? So notice where you are on the grand cycle of your energy throughout a year. Notice where you are in the micro energetic cycles that are being driven by the positive and the negative things that are happening in your life. Look to eliminate where you can the negative energy things, the things that cause profound stress. Now, new ideas, great positive steps will cause you stress. Okay, so how do you eliminate that? You get the thing done. You build the thing that needed to be built and you make it work. Or the negative thing that occurred, 
you tackle it head on and you address it, seeking help if necessary from outside sources to help you navigate whatever this thing is. But you apply the 80-20 rule to the things, the, the situation to identify the smaller things that are causing the bigger issues first, because they're the important things you should tackle. You balance and you make sure that you identify opportunities for rest in the days, in the weeks, in the months, in the year that you're going through. In the form of vacation, breaks, stepping outside of the practice, days off, all of these things. And then be very careful about the sources of inspiration you have and the voices you listen to so that you are filling your head, filling your brain with the sort of inspiration that's healthy for you and isn't going to just drag you deeper into a negative energy well. And I suppose the last thing I'll leave you on that is when you've got stress, sometimes all you've got to do is make decisions and just make a decision one way or the other and then move forward past the stress and applying logic to that decision you've made. Okay, that's what I've got to say on energy today. So I hope we're in the middle of winter just now. You might be watching this in summer and think, what are you talking about? Well, good for you. But if you're in winter and you've had anything of the negative energy cycle, I hope this little video, this podcast was useful to you. Let me know in the comments and the thoughts on the socials at Dr. Dave Nichol. Let me know your thoughts on energy and how you stay positive for you and your team. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you struggle with that and you'd like to share that story as well. I'm always keen to hear stories from the leaders around veterinary medicine. So till next time on the Veterinary Leadership Success Show, take care, keep at it, be awesome. But don't worry about being perfect. You just have to be you. So that wraps up today's episode of the Veterinary Leadership Success Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, it would be most appreciated if you would leave a review on iTunes and tell your friends in veterinary medicine all about us. Until next time, from all of us here, be safe, be well, and be happy. Now, are people the major pain point in your practice? If so, you're not alone. Over 90% of managers report staff problems to be their number one issue. At the root of this problem are usually three dysfunctions. A poorly articulated vision, toxic culture, or some form of leadership breakdown. If this sounds familiar, then do not despair. Help is at hand. I encourage you to check out Leaders, a veterinary-specific leadership training program where you will learn how to create and execute on a shared vision, how to hire well, and build a powerful, high-performance practice culture without all the drama. The class is accredited, delivered online, and open for applications now. To learn more, listen to a free training webinar, or apply, visit drdavenickel.com forward slash leaders. Now back to the show. Thank you.